0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the danger of unfaithful love. The judgment of God due to the perverted love of Jerusalem
1: was heavenly justice over earthly sin. Certainly, America is an incredible parallel to this chapter of Ezekiel. Billy Graham said if God does not judge America, then he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I agree with that. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproached to any people. Proverbs 14 34.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's not at all uncommon to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding, but why isn't the same value placed on keeping the relationship healthy? Today, Pastor Xavier explores the dilemma of believers who insist on living out their relationship of faith to God in a mediocre fashion. Let's join Pastor Xavier in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel for today's important simple truth study.
1: Ezekiel chapter 16, the message entitled Unfaithful Love. There is no more common story in life than a love story gone bad. The circumstances always begin the same. Two people meet each other, they just fall passionately in love. Sometimes the circumstance even magnifies the relationship and the, and the love. And then the story begins um, to go away. One begins to flirt with their affections with someone else, and ultimately they become unfaithful. The ultimate end is horrendous. The consequence is atrocious, and yet there are few marriages who are willing to pay the price to put it together. But God is different. He's so different from us and gracious that as soon as we repent, he's able to forgive and is willing to forgive. And um, aren't, you, aren't you glad that, that he's like that or we're none of us to get to heaven? This is the story of God's love for Jerusalem, the wife, who has become unfaithful and is revealed through the personification of the capital city of the nation, Jerusalem. He declares his love in generosity in verse 7. To nurture her to her young adulthood. I made you thrive like a plant. Ver- previous chapter, verse 15, he talked about the vine. <laughs> like a plant in the field. And you grew mature. You became a very beautiful. Your breasts were formed. Your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. You were still destitute. The bondage of Egypt perhaps here. The city was unwanted during the Judges period. In the book of Judges. The focus of the city as a representative of the nation. Look at verse 8 through 14. The love marriage of God, which Jerusalem has given to us. God reminded the city of his bond of marriage, of the city, the capital, in verse 8. The proposal of marriage came to her uh, at her sexual mature age. In verse uh, 8, there, the beginning. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was a time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your, your nakedness, and the wing is your, my skirt, literally. Ruth 3, 8, Boaz did that to Ruth for marriage. And there in verse 8 still, the marriage was bound by a mutual covenant, by an oath. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord God, the covenant at Sinai was entered into by the people and God. It was mutual until David made Jerusalem the capital in 2 Samuel 5, 6, and 7. God reminded the city that he provided everything for the city. He clothed it with the finest of clothes. I clothed you with embroidered clothes, gave you the sandals of badger skin, which is porpoise or seal skin, and gave you sandals of badger skin skin, clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. A lot of this is for the tabernacle too, the same materials. He provided it with her with luxury, extravagance. Look at verse 11 and 12. I adorn you with ornaments. You put bracelets on your wrists, chains in your neck. Which woman doesn't like that? Look at verse 13. He provided it with the, the statue of royalty. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothing was of fine linen, silk, embroidered clothes. You ate pastries, a fine flour, honey, oil. You were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. The love relationship of God with Jerusalem was from heaven. From heaven. Now notice, secondly, we have the treacherous betrayal against the love of God by Jerusalem in verse 15 through 34. Now, first of all, 15 through 22, Jerusalem corrupted all God had given her, using it to pollute herself. Mark it well. Look at verse 15. These are all charges against the city. The city had lost perspective, believing she was responsible for all she was. Her confidence in God was transferred to herself and became unfaithful. Whoa. She had high self-esteem. But you trusted in your own beauty, played the harlot because of your fame, her availability to all, notice in verse 15, and poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by who would have it. The most repeated word is Zana to engage in prostitution and related nouns, harlot, whore, prostitute, over 21 times in this chapter. You get the message? There's not a young girl you take home to meet mother. She uh, switched her allegiance. You took some of your garments, and you adorned multicolored high places for yourself. She walled in her lust and played the harlot on them. She knew better. Such things should not have happened nor be. In 17, she made idols for herself. You have also taken your beautiful jewelry from, from my gold and my silver, which I gave, have given to you, and made for yourselves male images. Why male? Because she's the female. She's prostitute. Understand? And you play the harlot with them. Like at 19, she dedicated her food provisions to idols. Also my food, which I gave you, the pastry, the fine flour, the oil, the honey, which I fed you, you said it before them as sweet incense, and so it was, said the Lord God. Man, heavy charges. Look at twenty twenty one, The city destroyed her children in her worship of her idol. This is the climax. This is the abominable thing to God. If that was not enough, listen. She dedicated her children to Molech. Moreover, you took your sons, your daughters, whom you bore to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured, the valley of Hinnom, Leviticus 18, 2 Kings 23, Jeremiah chapter 7, and many other passages. Laying that baby in the burning arms of Molech, burn him alive. Look at 23 through 29. Jerusalem constructed pagan shrines to feed her unsatisfied lust. People set up their idolatrous shrines with their sexual rights. Whoa, what a parallel to our nation. Look at 23. Her wickedness only calloused her heart, deserving a double woe. Then it was so, after all your wickedness, woe, woe to you, says the Lord God. This is divine court. This is the divine judge. The language of this chapter is pornographic to an extent, if you read in the Hebrew. It is so explicit on the sexual rights that were going on. Wow. How did she get there? One step at a time. A Christian can begin to flirt with things of the world and think that he or she can handle things or have certain liberties and they begin. And all of a sudden they find themselves in bondage, no longer in liberty. Do not be deceived. God is not mock. Whatever a man sows, I shall he also reap. You sow the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow the spirit, you reap everlasting life. Galatians 4, 7 through 8. That's an absolute principle for Christian and pagan, by the way. We as a nation have become to a place where we credit our greatness to ourselves. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall, Proverbs 16, 18. And we ascribe our greatness to our democratic system, to our free enterprising system, to our education, to our money, to our military might. And we are blind, naked, and we don't even know it like the church of Laodicea. The treacherous betrayal of the love of God by Jerusalem was on earth. This is where it happens, people. There's no sin in heaven. It's here on earth. Notice the third movement, verse 35 through 63. The judgment of God due to the perverted love of Jerusalem. Sin will always be judged. Here or there. Listen well. Verse 35 to 43, we have the punishment of Jerusalem for her marriage unfaithfulness, and it was just. 35 through 7, God would judge the city, but use men. In verse 35, the verdict comes from the mouth of the perfect judge, the divine courtroom. Now, then, or therefore, O harlot, hear the words of the Lord. The verdict was to her indecent behavior. In verse 36, thus says the Lord God, because... You, your filthiness was poured out on your and your nakedness uncovered and your hardship with your lovers and with all your abominable idols and because of the blood of your children which you gave to them. He enumerates everything. There's a summation of what he's declared. And in 37, God would humiliate the city before the lovers and enemies. Surely, therefore, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all those who loved and all those you hated... I will gather them from all around against you and will uncover your nakedness to them that they may see all your nakedness. It's no longer her pleasure. It's no longer to satisfy herself. Now it's to humiliate her. There's a difference if you get off and try to get some one-night stand and you're all hot and bothered and everything then somebody to, to, to grab you, slap you around, beat you up, strip you, and then parade you through a street. If that turns you on, you're a sickle. This is humiliation. Look at 38. God will judge the city for adultery and infanticide. And I will judge you as a woman who breaks wedlock and sheds blood are judged. I will bring blood upon you in fury and jealousy. Jealousy as a husband, fury for killing my children. Wow. Look at 39. God will allow everything to be taken from the city by captivity, becoming full circle as he found her naked and bare. I will also give you into their hand. And, will, and they shall throw you down your shrines, break down your high places. They shall also strip you of your clothes, take your beautiful jewelry, and leave you naked and bare. Throw it all away. All away. Look at 40 and 41. God would allow the city to be destroyed. And 40, by stoning the sword. They shall also bring up an assembly against you, and they shall stone you with stones and thrust, out, thrust you through with the sword. 41 still, by fire and court trial. And they shall burn your house with fire and execute judgment on you in the sight of many women. Wow. The indication is to humble you. To be tried before men is one thing, then the women. Think of the society, cultural society, okay? It's not like America. So judge it in cultural relativity, not to where you live. This is what he's saying. In 41, still, by these, God would put an end to. Their harlotry, and I will make you cease playing the harlot, and you shall no longer hire lovers. And so, in 42, God would vindicate his holy relation to the city. Man, he's so good. Listen, listen. Look at 42. He would put it behind them. So, I will lay to rest my fury towards you, and my jealousy shall depart from you. I will be quiet and be angry no more. Because when God brings judgment or there's repentance, it's done. You understand? 43, he would be justified in his judgment. The reason for their downfall, because you did not remember the days of your youth. There it is again. The sin, but agitated me with all these things, all these abominable practices of idols and sexuality and everything. The justice, surely I will also recompense your deeds on your own head. The authority, says the Lord God, heaven speaking here. The restraint of their sin, and you shall not commit lewdness in addition to all your abominations. The city of Jerusalem had done worse than the pagan cities, we are told next in verse 44 through 452. Now he compares her and shames her this way. 44 and 5, the people would be remembered by all. But listen, listen well. 44, By a proverb. Indeed, everyone who quotes Proverbs will say this proverb against you like mother, like father. You don't stick out your chest and put out, oh yeah, this is down, this is ugly. You're a whore and your daughter is twice the whore. Worse than you. Whoa. Like mother, like daughter. Ladies, keep that in mind. Look at 45 and 46. The comparison is to Samaria and Sodom it was a rebuke. To the north, your, your, your elder sister is Samaria, who dwells with her daughters to the north to you. To the south, and your younger sister, who dwells in the south of you, in Sodom and her daughters. And then the commentary on the comparison comes in verse 47 through 52. In 47 and 48, the place of her high privilege brings greater responsibility. Listen well. Though they did not commit the sins of Samaria and Sodom, Jerusalem was more corrupt in view of their greater light in shorter time. You did not walk in their ways nor act according to their abomination, but as if that were too little, you became more corrupt than they in all your ways. Wow. Look at 48. 48. Though they did not commit the sins of Samaria or Sodom, Jerusalem was more guilty before God. As I live, saith the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor your daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Then the characteristics that led to the corrupt society are very, very important. Don't miss them. 49 through 50. In 49, four things are mentioned. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Now, that's that's a rebuke. That's an insult. Your sister Sodom? (laughs) Who are these people? Jerusalem, people of God. Listen. She and her daughters had pride, that's one. Fullness of food, that's two. Abundance of idle time, that's three. And either she strengthened the hand of the poor and the needy, that's four. Whoa, look to America. Look to America. What a parallel. The foul behavior, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. The consequences, therefore, I took them away as I saw fit or appropriate. Perfect justice. And then finally, 53 to 63, the city of Jerusalem would have to live with the consequences at her restoration. Wow. That you may bear your own shame and be disgraced by all that you did when you Comforted them. In other words, your evil was so bad that their evil they comforted themselves that they weren't as bad as you. (laughs) And so the city paid a high price for her sin, we're told in verse fifty-eight and fifty-nine. Fifty-eight, her sin had been judged. You have paid for your lewdness and your abominations, says the Lord God. Her judgment would be equitable. Listen well in fifty-nine. For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, who despise the oath by breaking the covenant, and then the city would be restored to her marriage covenant, 60 and 63. In 60, God will remember his eternal covenant. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Once again, Genesis nine seventeen, Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one through 34, uh, Ezekiel 48 gives us the specifics, the whole context that I've been telling you. She will remember her future and not exalt herself above others at that time. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed and you receive your older and your younger sister for I will give them to you for daughters, but not because of my covenant with you. So in that day, in the millennial kingdom, not now, 62, she and God will be one then because the millennial kingdom is for the remnant of Israel to occupy all the land, all the promises, okay? and I will establish my covenant with you, then you shall know that I am the Lord. That's the millennial kingdom after the tribulation. And finally, in verse 63, she will be humble, grateful, and appreciative to God, for God's love by her provisions for her sin that he gives. Listen well. That you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame when I provide you an atonement for all you have done, says the Lord God. And every one of us should be humble, grateful, and appreciative to God's love for the atonement he has provided for our sin. You understand? And not exalt myself above anybody. The faithful love of God is seen from the beginning of creation. Even as Adam failed, he had to confront him and judge him for his sin. And then he equipped Adam and Eve with the ability to deal with their consequences to the glory and honor of God if they yielded to him. That's always a constant principle. He is sufficient. Sometimes God allows a person to lose everything in judgment, just like Israel, here, in Jerusalem. His possessions, his job, his family, health. Now, we must be careful that we realize it's due to their sin and not simply because God takes pleasure in making people squirm. Be careful you don't charge God. He's the righteous judge. It's our fault. It's my fault, my choice, my sin. The sins of the Christians are greater before God because we have the greater light, like Israel, like Jerusalem. It justifies a sinner in their lifestyle by pointing to the believer who fails. Well, I'm not a Christian, and I'm not unfaithful to my wife, or I'm not this, I'm not that. Well, what a charge. It causes the pagan to no longer look to the Christian with honor and respect. There's nothing wrong with having things, as you know. It is when things have us, and they become destructive to our spiritual growth and um, our obedience to God, leading us to a corrupt lifestyle. Therefore, remember the cautious formula of Sodom that was given here that Jerusalem forgot. Listen to it well. Pride, fullness of food, an abundance of idleness, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. Self-absorption, self-esteem, self-centeredness, self-seeking, Welcome to America. Hell and destruction are never full, for the eyes of man are never satisfied, Proverbs 27.20. Then there are those who, regardless what comes to their life, they trust in God, they walk with him, and they serve him. Let's not forget them. They're equipped by God through his grace to deal with the situation honorably, godly, and scripturally, even though they blow it. But they remain faithful to God. They do it biblically, honorably. They're restored in fellowship, and God uses them again. They don't run. They don't make excuses. They don't get maddened because you don't agree with them. They're spiritual. They're human, but they're repentant. They become a great example to others in similar circumstances, encouraging them. Job put it this way, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, Job 13, 15. There have been many nations that God has judged, we have many records in the scriptures and there are many nations, that, many nations that God has judged and we don't know which ones they are but he's judged them guaranteed certainly America is an incredible parallel to this chapter of Ezekiel and if we are observing the courtroom and the sentencing are we to think that America will not receive this Billy Graham said if God does not judge America then he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah I agree with that. It's a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, Proverbs 14, 34. The judgment of God due to the perverted love of Jerusalem was heavenly justice over earthly sin. Some years ago, it was placed upon the altar of the Washington Memorial Chapel in Valley Forge an exquisitely illuminated copy of Washington's Prayer for the Nation. Listen well. For those who think that America had no roots on biblical principles and trust in God. Almighty God, we make our earnest prayer that Thou will keep the United States in Thy holy protection. That thou will incline thy head of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government, and entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States at large. And finally, that thou will most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, to demean ourselves with our charity, humility, pacific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, and with with a humble imitation of whose example in these things we can ever hope to be a happy nation. Grant our supplication, we beseech thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Here's a love story of God for Jerusalem gone bad. The love relationship of God with Jerusalem was from heaven, the treacherous betrayal against the love of God by Jerusalem was on earth. And the judgment of God due to the perverted love of Jerusalem was heavenly justice over earthly sin. It's it's written. There is no exception, people. I fear for our nation. I fear for my children, my grandchildren, so I have to bring my thoughts in captivity. And know that God is just and sufficient. I have to keep looking to Him. God help us as a church because this age is the church of Laodicea lukewarm. It's blind naked, and it doesn't know it. It's in poverty,
0: spiritually speaking. Pastor Xavier Reese, and a somber warning for those who insist on walking away from God. And today's message, Unfaithful Love, is available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is Unfaithful Love. 91107 And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. What's the fundamental ingredient of sin? The answer may surprise you. That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope to see you then.